But when they went to school and they saw what other friends were doing, they by force, by fire, which why must do this thing. Then the first day I went to London and I saw one of my my boys, my young boys, wearing his jeans, and the thing was down here, and he was putting his, his underwear, was displaying his underwear as if it was a museum. <laughs> I said, Come here. I said, Where did you find this? He said, Ah, uncle is called Saki. <laughs> I said, Hey, is that how you want your glory to be singing? <laughs> yeah, you want your glory to be singing. I said, Do you know the history of this thing? He said, I don't know. I said, Let me tell you the history. In the prisons in America, that is where it came from. Because of suicide by hanging themselves with their belts, they don't give them belts. And some of them, because you get the size they give you, they don't go there to measure for you. It's what they find that they will give you. So some of them, because their waist is smaller than the chocoto they give them, the thing is falling down. And also, some of them who are homosexuals, they use it as a way of seducing and enticing people. In the years, it's sending a signal that I am ready. Come and toast me. So I said, is that what you want for yourself? Because sometimes we are fixated on the old things. Look at our nation. We are so fixated on the old that if I do command entrance today, I will pass without it. Because it's nearly the same people that are still there since the day I did command entrance. It's the same people we are deciding. We are fixated on the old things. And someone was so fixated on the fact that how will I do it? How are we going to move forward from Saul? Can somebody go to Isaiah 48? No, go to 43. Verse 18 and verse 19. Isaiah. Quick, quick. 43. We have many things to do today. Remember ye not the former things. The things that are the old. Somebody has told you that you can never make it and you are still believing it still today. Don't think about those things. Let me tell you one thing. Do you know the reason why they do every four, four years and after the second time, you cannot, no matter how well you perform, you can't come back and be president of this country. It's because they want new ideas. Let us have another person's idea. Let somebody bring something new. That's why they have it like that. No matter how well you did, after four years, two times, go home, go and rest. It was not The day they told my son, we are watching CNN. They said, ah, Gaddafi, he has been president in Libya for 42 years. My son told him, he said, daddy, is he not tired? <laughs> 42 years. And you are sitting there, you are doing the same job every day. Say, serious something. Remember, you know the former things. What did the Lord say next? He said, for I do a new thing. Ali? Behold, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Tell the person next to you, the Lord is doing a new thing. The Lord is doing a new thing. In your life. In your life. Sister Papa, the Lord is doing a new thing. The Lord is doing a new thing. And today, today, it will materialize. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do you know why they put the 18 before the 19 like that? If you don't take your mind away from the old things, it is difficult to see why God is doing a new thing. Because you forever are so consumed by the old. And that was what was happening to Samuel. God was already preparing David out of many one. I'm saying that out of many that are seated here, you are one of those who is going to be blessed. Amen. Out of many that are seated here, you are the one that a new thing will start in your life. Amen. And they had many people in that place. See, something happened that was interesting. When God came to tell Samuel, it is time to move on. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 6. And God told Israel, he said, you have lived on this mountain for too long. He says, I want you to start. The yes. Lord, uh, God spake unto us in Horeb. The Lord God spoke to us in Horeb. Saying, Saying you, have, you have left long enough in this mountain. You have lived on this mountain too long. You have stayed in that same position you have been since you got to America for too long. Turn you. Turn you. And take your journey. Up. Yes. And go to the mount of the Amorites. What did he say? Mountain. A place of progress. Up. It's not going to be easy. Thank you, man. 
John me to go up. It is easy to stay in your comfort zone. I can tell you that. Many want to stay in their comfort zone. Do you think the people that are up there, it is easy for them? They did a documentary with Barack Obama. They said, how did you do it? That all the time they were saying negative things about you. You did not even come and tweet or talk about it. He said, I took it as a cost of greatness. That it is part of the cost that I have to pay to be great. They must talk about you. Yes. If they are not important, they won't talk about you. Yes. When people leave their own things to not concentrate, it's because you are important. The cost of greatness. And someone now had the courage. God told him, Go, I want you to go to a particular place. He said, Ah, if Saul knows that I am going there, he will be worried. You know why? At that time, God was not speaking to Saul. May God put spiritual blindness on all your enemies in the mighty name of Jesus. At that time, Saul did not hear the voice of God. And so he was watching somewhere like a GPS. Anything Samuel was about to do, he wanted to know why was he doing it. He already knew that he was out of favor with God. Out of many. God had already picked him as a general. But he messed up. Disobedience. I pray today for you and I that we will not be disobedient before the Lord. Amen. That thing that you and I will do that will take us out of the favor of God, we will never do it in was a simple thing. Simple instructions. I'm glad my my sister here is in the military. Simple instruction. In the military, they give you another follow it. There is no if, but, and and. You follow it to the letter. And what was the instruction God gave Saul? Kill all the Amalekites. That was simple instruction. I don't want to see their chicken or their ugufe. Nothing. Exodus 17. You will see where God already has said it. And that was why God was angry. Go to verse 15 of Exodus 17, please. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah. Nisi, the God of Abana. Continue, man. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war at Amalek from generation to generation. Are you hearing? The Lord had purpose in his heart. God spoke that I would take away every Amalekite. Not one will be left. He said it at the time of Moses. And he now wanted to bring it to pass at the time of Saul. Let's first ask ourselves. God looked at Saul and said, let me give you the grace to bring forth this prophecy. So that they will write it in the history that you were the one that brought forth this prophecy. But Saul, like many of us, started doing Magumam. Sometimes you think you are smarter than God. God will understand. Who told you? God will understand. But God will understand now. We needed some ram and some you know, chicken to do the sacrifice. Did God say that he lacked ram and chicken to do sacrifice? Why do you think you are smarter than God? I want you to begin to know one thing. For you to be chosen as that one, you must always be obedient to the voice of God. The second thing that I want to tell you is that you can never be lazy. Watch what was happening in that story. Because of time, because we have so many things to do today. Today is anointing service. God now said, okay, Samuel, go. Go to Rama. Ah, how blessed is Rama. That out of there the king will come. How blessed is Rama. Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin. But God is not a respecter of human beings. Kishotu Shagwini. He now said, look, I'm going to the house of David. I'm in the house of Jesse. That is where I want to pick a king. Go there and go and pick my king. Out of fear, someone now said, okay, God, how could I do this thing? God said, I'll teach you. Go and get Ram and everything. And said that you are coming to sacrifice with the people of Rama. And it is customary that the high priest can come. Because someone was the high priest. He can come. But when he comes to any place, they begin to shake. Who knows that on Friday, we had a big visitor in Cincinnati. Yes. I, I knew because I was going somewhere and the traffic was just <laughs> the vice president and her, the second gentleman. Yes. We are in Cincinnati. <laughs> and we knew with the traffic that we had. <laughs> and so when people, some people just come, they don't come like that. Mm. They come with an entourage. 
And someone doesn't just come with physical entourage, he comes with spiritual entourage. So whenever he's coming, he's coming with the host of heaven. See, many of you don't know that whenever you are walking, you are walking with the host of heaven. You don't walk alone. And it's because you think you walk alone, that's why you are always afraid. You walk with people that your eyes cannot see. And when he got there and he said, get everybody together. He now told them, Jesse, you are that family that I want to have as my special guest. Tell the person next to you, in this month of May, you are the special guest of the Lord. You that you don't clean the house, which special guest? God is not coming. You have to be ready. Did someone send them telegram before that he was coming? No. It was the day he got there and said, ah, you are my special guest. Many of us don't know that for you to be singled out out of many, you must always be prepared. You see, I realized that the army never trains during war. They train when everything is peaceful. Go and check them. The army does not train. When there is war, they deploy. They are not going to go and train. They send them forth. Because they've been training. If you want to read on the day of exam, you will get F10, G10, F. You must have been reading before that day. Are you prepared if the trumpet sounds today? Don't let every Sunday be your day of preparation. I used to run track. I love running track. I used to do 100 meters. And I used to do 200. I love it, but I hate to come to practice. And my coach used to laugh at me because he knows I was, I'm fast. So one day we were doing 200 meters. We started the race. Poor everybody. You know that bend? Yeah, that bend that's the way you know who is coming last. <laughs> because once you get to that bend, you know who is going to Rupo. You will know by that bend. So by that bend, I knew I was coming first. And as I was going, all of a sudden, the emotion just came. Pulled my leg. And that was it. I was coming back, but I came last. Right there, my coach was saying, good for you, good for you. You don't come to practice. He was right. Because if I come to practice, I would have been warming up, and my muscles would have been ready. But I just come, you know, in Nigeria, we say, you come, we take off our tracksuits, we are ready. Pwah! We win. Hey! Voltron champion. <laughs> But God wanted to let me know that there is benefit in being prepared. And they said David was already taking care of his father's sheep. He was already working, ready to lead, even starting from a very low place. So many of you don't know that this position that you are in today, that they are abusing you and harassing you, is training you for tomorrow. Amen. How many of us have seen Slumdog Millionaire, the movie? Did you notice that all the challenges he went through were the questions they asked him? Many a times you are working for somebody who is harassing, but you are learning how to deal with that pressure. You are building what they call emotional quotient. So when you become a president and somebody says something to you, you just brush it off. Because you have gone through wars. They said wars to you and you are just smiling. And you know what? I call it the theory of sandpaper. Who knows sandpaper? Some of us grew up in Nigeria, we know sandpaper. Do you know that when sandpaper does the thing to the metal, once the metal can shake it off and cleanse itself a little bit, what happens? The metal shines. So all that that they are doing, they are like sandpaper, they are just scoffing on you. Don't worry. Wash it up with the word of God. And polish yourself with this anointing oil of God. And then you will shine better than they are. Amen. And then they will see you at the top. And they will know that the Lord is good. Well, Let's go to verse 8 of that first Samuel 16. Then Joseph called Abinadab. He called Abinadab. Those are the older brothers of David. And made him pass before Samuel. Do you know that many people will pass before them until they don't see you, they will not choose anybody. And he said, Yes. Neither had the Lord chosen this. God did not choose this one. Let me tell you one thing about God. God does not look at what man looks at. Let me ask you a question. Is the president of Nigeria the richest man? No. Why is he not the why is the richest man of the president? There are people in this America that are richer than the president. <laughs> there was one presidential candidate, I won't mention his name, in this America. His wife is richer than him. She's the one that owns the tomato ketchup that all of you like to eat, Heinz. 
She is the owner. Her husband owns it. And when she, her husband died, everything went to her. And so when she got married to Don Kerry, she had more money than Don Kerry. I don't know, it's true. Set, set, set up the access. Don't worry. Rick Border is listening. It is okay. So, let me tell you one thing. We don't use the physical attributes to anoint the spiritual attributes. God can take the smallest and make him the head. Do you know why? Because what you don't see, heaven sees. And they talked about David, that the fact that he was a young boy, do you know what they, his father did not even remember that he was even his son? Did you know? If you read that story, they said Samuel told Jesse, call all your sons. And they didn't even remember David. <laughs> that was how inconsequential David was to his people. He was so small. You know the second thing about him? He was a red hair. That's why they said he was rudy. He was not looking like everybody else. In fact, I'm sure the day they gave birth to him, his, dad, his mother is lucky that the Mori was not born in that time. Because we would have done DNA to check. Are you sure? This red-haired boy that you are bringing to my house, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Where did you get him from? But that is the one God wants to do. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the chief cornerstone. I'll tell you a story about one very powerful man in Nigeria. I won't mention his name. He used to be a president of Nigeria. He was a president of Nigeria. He was given birth to for his father by a girlfriend. And whenever they are eating in their house, they chase him outside. They tell him to stay outside. He cannot eat inside the house. They tell him, go outside, go outside. And God blessed him. I'm giving you some hints so you will know who I'm talking about. He became the head of USC at a particular point in time. He got so much money for the British Empire that when he was 60, they allowed him to celebrate his birthday at St. Paul's Cathedral in England. Only the kings and the princes and queens of England use St. Paul's Cathedral. They don't allow anybody else. And because God favored him. Go to Psalm 16, verse 5. Quickly. And he said, and he said Psalm 16. Are we there? The Lord is the portion of my inheritance. The Lord is the what? The portion of my inheritance. Continue. And of my cup. Yes. Thou, man, thou maintainest my lot. You maintain my lot. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant place. The lines are falling unto us in pleasant place. What do we have? We I have, have a good heritage. Tell the person next to you, I have a godly heritage. I have a godly heritage. <laughs> The smallest of all of them. The one that was not appealing. If you see his brother, the way they describe him, broad shoulders. Six feet, six feet goes six pack. But it is people like us that have just one amusement park that God is, is ready to deal with. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that God does not look like man looks. Many are the women who have lost the husband they should have married. Because when you looked at him, you thought he was short, he wasn't tall. And God was still saying he's going to go tall later. <laughs> I don't know how God was going to do it. <laughs> but something was going to happen. Many have lost good things because when you looked at that woman at that time, you saw, oh, where is she coming from? Where does she live? And yet you did not know that glory was hidden in that woman. The first African Secretary General of the United Nations was married to a woman. I won't mention where that woman is from. But that first wife, she complained. She said that man, that he was too slow. Anybody who knows him will know that he looks like he's a very gentleman. Gentle to the extreme of looking slow. His name was Kofia. He's dead now. His name was Kofi Annan. He was the first African Secretary General of the United Nations. And the first wife he had, she looked at him and she said, this man is too slow. And she left him. At that time, he wasn't anything yet. Though he was living in Geneva and doing some work for Ghana. And later on, he became the president, the Secretary General of the United Nations. I was in a party one day, and this woman was introduced to me. 
And when she introduced herself, the person introduced her by the name she's bearing, and she reminded me, she said, former Mrs. Kofi Annan. <laughs> so that I will know that she was once related to somebody who is somebody. In my mind, everybody who knows me, the question I had in my mind, I didn't let my mom say it. <laughs> I wanted to say, so why are you former? <laughs> I would rather be with the current reigning champion. But I'm trying to say as we close, out of many one, what are you going to do that will make you stand out for God? Romans 12, that we don't read it because of time, our second lesson. It says, I beseech you that you give yourself unto the Lord a holy sacrifice. That is what I'm telling you as we close. That if you want God to make you one out of many, you should give yourself to God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. Someone read for us. Quickly. Hebrews 1 9. Thou hast loved righteousness. Now listen to this. You have loved righteousness. And hated iniquity. You hated iniquity. Therefore, God. Therefore, God. Thy God. Thy God. Has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Anointed you with oil of gladness above all your fellows. You love righteousness. Don't get tired. They will talk about you. They will make fun of you. Trust me. I've told you before, they made fun of me. One day, I've been giving this man money every uh, lunchtime. He was collecting my money. And then one day, he made a mistake. And I was correcting him. And he didn't want to listen to my mistake, uh, to my correction. And then the ogre called the two of us. And he said, I couldn't understand Michael's accent. <laughs> so, me, correct Lagos boy. I was ready. As we were talking, I now started big head, fat head. My boss was looking at me. Like, what you are me? He said, Why are you passing me? I said, hey, You said you understand my accent. <laughs> so you can't understand this one. <laughs> so don't, 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 don't come on that day. Don't, don't even say anything. Don't collect this like that. What am I saying? If you are destined to be top, be ready. There will be people who want where you are. The first day I got, I became, uh, I got promoted. I told my father. My father said, "Let me tell you, there are 500 people sitting outside who want that same position. So get ready. Yes, they want that same position, so they are going to do anything. So each day you sit down, know that people are coming for that position. You've got to keep running. You are not going to get tired. Let us rise and prosper. Thank you.